Hello and welcome to the debrief after St. Mirren 1, Aberdeen 1 on the 5th of December 2020. Well, Martin, how much of that is uh, is Groundhog Day? How much of that is a group of players who were in a different formation, different tactical setup, but looked second best across that pitch today? A goalkeeper who once again was very, very shaky for patches of the game. I mean, the good thing about Joe Lewis in the past has been that uh, when he's made mistakes and all keepers made mistakes that he, he's bounced back admirably and he's been solid and secure in the following weeks it's just a, just another difficult afternoon for him today uh, and yet it's impossible not to um, look at the game in the context of a preposterous second yellow card for Lewis Ferguson uh, and even sort of argue that the new handball hand rule which as we know is a bit of a joke is, uh, has Given St. Mary their only goal, there's a lot to <laughs> there's a lot to unpick there. Yeah, I mean, first things first, you need to, you need to talk about that. But there's St. Mary getting that goal. Um, you know, the need it needs to be some sort of clarity that comes out about this because we're told about you no know, ball being in unnatural positions. Well, you no, know, and just the whole shape of the body. I don't know. I, you know. Defenders have been told this, so they don't have to start going about with their hands behind. Their back at all times. I don't know what Tommy Hoban, you know, what else he can do then. I mean, if, if his hand isn't in, a, in what you would class as a no, natural shape, shape of the body position, I don't know what is then. It's not like he's swung an arm towards it. Um, and the thing is, we're going we're gonna to moan about that, and we're going to, because rightly, um, no, we're leading at the time, and we're going to we're going to moan about that, and it's it's going to it's going to give a, a few outs, but. I think it's just we were second best. That's that you, you've absolutely nailed it there. We were second best in a lot of departments today. Uh, really, you know, again, disappointed with Lewis. Um, a, you know, a few moments he looked really shaky. You know, where he should really just be collecting balls. Obviously, there was a, the kind of the fumble with a shot in about in the second half and about seventy minutes. And he just seemed to. I think there's maybe just a lack of confidence in the team, and that's now spread to the keeper. Um, where you were hoping that you know, confidence comes from could, could, could spread from a steady, you know, good player like Joe and go through the rest of the team, and that's just not happening. I just, I just can't, I can't get my head around those like those two big decisions you mentioned, uh, the red card and uh, the second yellow. It's just a, an unbelievably bad decision. I mean, he's right uh, there for both of them. But Bobby Madden, how he sees that as, I mean, I don't even think it's a foul either way. Oh, turns to shield the ball. And the two players come together. There's there's nothing in that at all. It's not a booking for Ferguson. It's not a booking for Vika. It's just nothing there. Yeah, I mean, as far as a handball goes, I think that's just the situation that this law has created. That inadvertently or not, because the, the wording, as you've rightly pointed out, pointed out, is uh, if the hand arm has made their body unnaturally bigger. Obviously, there's then other circumstances. If the hand is above their shoulder level, then that's always going to be handball. Um, so there was one which I think Scott McKenna gave away against uh, the Rangers at Pataudry a couple of years ago. That would definitely be classed as handball under a new rule. And it says it's not an offence if the hand arm is close to the body. But yeah, it just seems a situation now. If anything hits an arm now in the penalty box, it's going to be given more or less. So I think that decision, I think we have to take out Bobby Madden's hands. And I don't want to spend this whole show moaning about decisions, but these are these are two key things. That's just if we had had that decision going for us, we maybe wouldn't have spent as long on it. But it still would have been the case that 
the law as it stands is is just a joke and it's game after game after game after game that it's impacting so there's that but yeah I, I completely agree with the the yellow card for Ferguson and the first half was we didn't create very much at all but we had a lot more of the ball we were I've looked at the numbers we're at 60% possession we just didn't do very much with it Simone's chances were half chances at best I think you would have to say uh, whereas in the second half they had a stream of really good opportunities that it's like a reversal last week really but losing that man definitely definitely makes a big difference to the flow of the game but again it's our own lack of quality that puts us in that position it's Shea Logan being unable to play a fairly simple pass and finding Aberdeen man and that was again the problem over and over and over again today and everybody was at it. Guys that you would normally trust, like Ferguson, like McCrory, to be able to find a man, to be able to find a pass, to be able to bring a bit of quality of proceedings, which we hoped you would have because it was missing last week, just wasn't there. What you did have was a bit more combativeness. We talked about that being missing last week. And obviously, Lewis goes over the line. I mean, his his first yellow card, there's absolutely no question about that at all. I mean, it's... Uh, it's late, it's definitely a yellow card. The worst tackle of the whole game was Erehon on Ferguson, also in that first half, which also got a yellow card. So those two decisions are right. And it's not a game like that. And I think I can almost understand it, the decision from the point of view that he thinks that the St Mirren player has got pitch ahead of him, space to break, and he's thinking that he's hanging on to to prevent that break. It, it, Genuinely just coming together because the guy, the Simone player, slows down almost to invite the foul, to invite the free kick and leaves obviously his elbow out there and Ferguson takes the dig in the ribs for his trouble as well. But I agree with you, it's it's a collision and it's perhaps engineered by the Simone player, in which case, in fact, they were very good all game long, frankly, at, uh, at going down in, in the right scenarios and winning that winning free kicks from the referee who was clearly going to give those all game. We were less smart about that, less wise about that, which really did sum up so much of our play. It was noticeable that we did start with the uh, four at the back. It would have been insane for a third match against the Moon to play with that 3-4-3 and then end up being bossed again. So we did, we did play with the four. It says a great deal, and we've spoken a lot about um, the right-back options, especially Hernandez, but it says so much that basically you're preferring Tommy Hoban at right-back, or maybe more to the point you're preferring Ash Taylor at centre-half to either Shea Logan or um, Hernandez now in a proper right-back role. Um, That's a, a remarkable... And I can understand you wanting to have Taylor in to go up against the St Mirren striker Rubika. He's a handful, he's big, it's the type of player that Taylor should be able to, to deal with and gen- generally did in that first half before he was taken off at half-time. I also understand wanting to have Tommy Hoban in the team, he's, he's a decent footballer. But um, when you have two natural right-backs and you are now actually playing with a right-back, it's, it, it says so much, it says so much about where those two stand currently in the pecking order and... Obviously, Shea Logan came on, more particularly where Ronnie Hernandez stands in the pecking order. The one bit of quality we displayed was that uh, Matty Kennedy beating his man and, and decent cross to the back post and a really good header for the goal. I really was. I mean, look, we've, no, that's one thing that you, know, you say. It was the bit of quality. We've moaned about set pieces, we've moaned about the crosses, 
um, in previous more recent games, um, particularly from Kennedy. Well, I don't know high enough, um, but that was that was a really good good bit of football, and it was it was probably the the, the best thing we did all all afternoon. Great ball in, um, and Hayes, you know, puts it in that you no, know, manages to head it in that sweet spot where the keeper just gets a hand to it but can't do anything, um, and that's you no. Know, if, if Kennedy's no, that's what Kennedy's capable of. Uh, he just needs to be. We need to be, we need to get more consistent. Certain, but when when the rest of the team are underperforming, you know, a guy like you no know, Kennedy probably is going to struggle to struggle to come on come on a game like that. You know, I don't want to say I don't want to go down the route of oh he can't do it all by himself. Uh, but you know, he's if the rest of the team are struggling, then he's going to, he's going to do that as well. I mean, we just need more consistency out of him. But he wasn't. You no, know, it's not fair to. It's not fair to have a pop at him as a pop at him as no about the with the rest of his play because he was the no, that was the one the one moment of quality we had really all afternoon. It was a it was one of those no like see no if there wasn't this atrocious atrocious penalty decision and then you know the, the red card it was one of these games where we'd say that oh, it was a gritty point and we'd be you no know, really happy and we'd talk about going on the road and you know, when you don't perform well you get results but instead no, we're no, we're kind of using no, we're looking at you no know, referees decisions. As a bit of a get out here, when yet again we've had you know, players let themselves down. I mean, Ryan Hedge has you know, stayed on the pitch a lot longer than he really should have. I mean, that was a he was a passenger today. Cosgrove again, um, it's just not happening for for Sam. Um, it's, it's really it's starting to get a bit a bit concerning because you're looking you're looking at a table and now that's okay. I know we've got a game in hand with a slip but slip behind Hibbs. Um, it's 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 not looking you know, positive. I mean, I'm sure that you know. In, in a come a come a few weeks, you know, will be everybody will be back to full fitness, and you know, God knows maybe Marley Watkins will rock back up here on loan again or something, or on a short term deal, and you know, everything will be rosy. But right at the right at the moment, um, you know, just the football has been is atrocious, and I can't see I can't see a corner being turned. I think that's a bit of an overreaction because I mean it is four games and it feels like about four months but it has only been a few weeks basically since prior to the international break where we very comfortably disposed of Hibs. It's only four games ago. They have been a very long four games granted and uh, obviously we've been without a number of players for, for some of those matches and perhaps you can't expect some of the guys coming back in after after two weeks sitting, kicking their heels on their flats to come in and be full throttle. I thought Ross McCrory was off it today. Um, obviously, a lot of them were off it. But what uh, about the substitutions? I think maybe accepting Taylor going off at half-time for, uh, for Logan, I wonder if that was maybe injury-related in the same way that McGinn going off at half-time last, last week was, because I didn't see that that was a change that necessarily needed to be made. Um, in terms of our fullbacks, if anyone was having more trouble, it was um, it was Greg Lee at left back, frankly, up against uh, Connolly. I think it was. The substitutions made some sense to me, but obviously online, I think people are just after a pound of flesh online in some respects. But I mean, when we've just had Lewis Ferguson sent off, audio for for Hedges, how was that for you? Um, well. I mean, look, you know, Hedges was Hedges, as I've said, Hedges was a passenger, so it didn't it didn't really matter. I mean, it was it was it was it was best that he was off the pitch, to be totally honest. But you needed you, know, you need to bring somebody on, um, and it's either it's going to be Ojo or it's going to be um, Dean Campbell. So I mean, I've no real problem 
real problem with that substitution. I mean, you know, I understand why he's put. You know, even if it is, even if it wasn't for an injury, I understand the half-time substitution because he's got. You know, he's actually perhaps a, a natural right back on the pitch. So there's, again, there's no issue there. If it is an injury, then it makes perfect sense. But yeah, I mean, I understand. Though, people are people are you know, hacked off with a performance to see someone like you know, someone like Hedges going off. But well, in the grand scheme of things, he did he did nothing. You know, he gave the ball away you know, loads this afternoon. Um, so you can't, I can't really complain about coming off. It's just that, you know, myself included have been pretty critical of, of Ojo, but, you know, if, if they're down to 10 men, if you need another midfielder on that could do a, do, do a, you know, perhaps a similar, dare I say, job to Lewis Ferguson, then it's going to be him or, it's him or Campbell. So I, I don't know. I don't mean... I don't know what you want a manager to do. Yeah, because otherwise you you are left with one midfielder, and again you're trying to yeah. you're trying to put square pegs into round holes. Um, main for Cosgrove, that's pretty much like for like as you said, the ball just wasn't sticking with Cosgrove. It didn't stick with Main until we went two up, and it's the final change I think. Edmondson and Devlin coming on, and, and they came on for two of your more creative players, two of your more attack-minded players in theory and Kennedy and Hayes um, obviously the two are combined for the goal that was to do two things it was to change us to three at the back put Logan and Lee as your as your wing backs so really it was essentially a five at the back I don't think it really worked in a defensive point of view and it didn't really stem the tide of St Mirren opportunities um, but it did at the very least get the ball sticking up top and um, after 75 minutes where we had created one chance, basically, uh, there was um, there was at least another good opportunity for Ryan Edmondson created um, between the two of them. And and just it stuck up there a little bit more. It, it, it's a small victory, but you could you could understand why that change was made at that point. It wasn't necessarily a, a balls out going for the win move, but it was to try and actually bolster what we had in the opposition half. Ah yeah, I mean, look, people. You no, know, you see, you see Kennedy and Hayes coming off, and immediately the the, the natural knee jerk is to say, "Oh look, oh you know, he's he's gone ultra defensive." But he hadn't really, he hadn't really done that. It was just, it was just a cha- a change in formation. And yeah, it, it, it was. I suppose you could argue it was a five at the back, but you know, you've got the, the semi pace with Logan on one side. Um, so it was. Yeah, there was two, two you know, bigger guys up front there as well. So. Disappointed, disappointed to see. No, there was a few. There was a few long balls just being punted up to him, which, yeah, which again, well, you know, criticism will come from that as well. Um, but you know, we'd had just goes, which, which just goes to show that doesn't just happen when Sam Cosgrove is on the pitch, you know, because that seems to be the that seems to be the, the mantra at the moment of you know lumping balls up to Big Sam. Well, he wasn't even on the pitch, and there were lumping balls up to the two guys up there. So um, <clears throat> that's that's something to be pointed out. But you no, know, it was it was. It, you know, we, we finally, you know, we got a couple more, cha- a couple more chances. Ed- Edmondson, you know, I, I like him. Um, you know, I think he's, he's decent, and he offers, he offers us, you know, something. Uh, perhaps you know, not, not quite as, as same as Cosgrove, and not quite the same as Main. But um, you no, know, it was. I don't want to say a little too little too late, but you no, know, I think you no, know, it wasn't the negative, you no, know, defensive substitution that on the on face value it looks. You know, going long ball has its place, has its time, absolutely. And if, frankly, if that what works to get you goals, to get you wins, then I, I'm not entirely sure why people are quite so secularly opposed to it. Um, because, yeah. yeah, you can be 
you can have all the possession in the world and, and play your your pretty patterns, but it really get nowhere. And there, there was quite an element of that uh, in the first half. Just didn't have the ambition, didn't have the urgency, really, to try and um, break through and, and uh, create more than we actually did, which was precious little on the ground. So uh, what you're saying, basically, is that is that a... A good point under the circumstances, or does the paucity of the performance override that? I think it's I think it's fifty fifty. I mean, look, you know, you you go you get a, you get a couple of stinking decisions against you like that. I think you know you you t- you take the point, but you have but we have to remember that you know, Samir are bottom of the league. Um, I understand, you know, they've had the two the two three nil victories go against them for the suspended games, uh, but they're down there for a reason, um, and it's not it's not good. I mean. No, I think you, know, you just you just you take the point given the circumstances of what happened during the game, but it's still it's still very annoying that we didn't get we could have got more ourselves out of that game. All right, that was it. Um, that's the last time we'll have to go back to uh, Paisley for for a little while at least, so we can rest <laughs> easy on that front. And uh, so um, yeah, we'll be back during the course of the week uh, if we can muster the energy and strength. I don't even know who we've got next week, Martin. You got any idea? Um, yes, is it called Kilmarnock? No, is it Kilmarnock? Oh my, that's. I, don't know. I think I think it is. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, it's Ross it's County. It's Ross County at home. There you go. This is your top <laughs> Aberdeen podcast, fully on top of all Don stuff. Uh, once again, this is meandering towards the 20 minute mark. Um, I, th- I think you know that initial. Uh, the initial idea of short and sharp, uh, we've gone as blunt as the Don's attack lately. Uh, so the next few games, Ross County at home. Um, and then Kilmarnock, trips to Kilmarnock and Motherwell, which will be difficult games, particularly if we play anything like uh, we have played the last couple of weeks. Uh, but let's hope that uh, Aberdeen can shake off this uh, post-international break malaise and uh, get back to a level closer to what they were reaching prior to that back in October. Talking about very bad performances is not a lot of fun. And listening to them probably isn't either. Uh, OK. Yeah. Right, uh, so from the world's most boring podcast, uh, we bid you good night and um, we will speak to you later in the week. Uh, until then, come on, you Reds.